Over the years, the 101st Air Refueling Wing has been heavily involved in thousands of deployments around the world. It's no secret to anybody. The Maniacs uphold an outstanding legacy that is literally known in every corner of the globe. You see that sticker, you know where it's from, and you know who it represents. That's just the way it is. Our guys and gals get the job done. And just like our Maniacs get the job done overseas, the agencies back home work equally as hard to fulfill that mission. One of those agencies is the Yellow Ribbon Program. Program. You've all heard of it. We all know what it is. And if you've ever deployed, you know that they host both a pre and post deployment yellow ribbon ceremony that all deployers must attend. There's no question. There's no opting out of it. And it's not selective. If you deploy, you have to go to these ceremonies. And there's a good reason behind it. And in this 23rd episode of the Maniac Radio Show, we're bringing in the Yellow Ribbon Support Specialist, Mrs. Terry Riddle, who's going to talk why it's important that we attend these ceremonies, not just for ourselves, but for our families. She's going to be stopping by here in a little bit. Of course, I'm going to talk to you about summer safety, a little bit about TSP. I'm going to give you some information on the Airman Development Summit. And of course, I've got a fresh new Maniac fact for you as well. This is the Maniac Radio Show, and I'm your host, Tech Sergeant Andy Sinclair, with the 101st Public Affairs Office here in Bangor. Thanks for listening, and let's get on with the show. I think it's finally safe to say that summer feels like it's here. God, it's warm, huh? Warm? No. This is a setting for London broil. I know it's been a long time coming, but the weather is nice, and with it come fun outdoor activities. Most of those involve the water. So let's talk briefly about life jackets, or PFDs, personal flotation devices. I know I'm guilty of it myself when I say that I can swim pretty well, and when I've been out on my boat or I've been out kayaking, my general thought process is that I don't need to wear my life jacket. It is main state law that you need to have one life jacket in your watercraft per passenger. If you are over the age of 10, you do not need to wear that life jacket. But it is highly encouraged that you do so. As I said earlier, I consider myself a pretty good swimmer. But studies in the last 10 years show that two-thirds of drownings are victims who consider themselves to be good swimmers. Think about it. If you're out on the lake and you're cruising along, having a good time, and your boat capsizes and you get knocked unconscious. You probably can't be a good swimmer if you don't even know what day of the week it is. So just something to consider. Not only are you supposed to keep one PFD per passenger in each watercraft, but you should highly consider wearing that PFD at all times. And if you're under the age of 10 or you have family members under the age of 10, again, it is state law that they wear their PFD. While we're on the topic of safety, I know I've mentioned this before, but now that we are officially in summer, let's talk quickly about the Safe Maniac program. If you find yourself in a pinch and you need a ride home and you know you shouldn't be driving because you were out in the town having a few drinks, you can call the command post and they're gonna hook you up with a taxi to get you home safely. Again, we've all been there to that point where we know we probably shouldn't drive but maybe you don't want to leave your car behind to go back for it the next day, or you think to yourself, it may just be easier if I drive home, I'm not going to get caught. But it's too risky, not because of the fines, not because of the repercussions with your job or out here at the wing, but it's too risky because you could kill yourself or somebody else. And that's the greatest risk of all. So again, you can call the command post if you need a ride home. And the cool thing is they even have keychains you can keep right on your key ring so you don't forget the phone number. So talk to your supervisor or your first sergeant to get that keychain and make sure you enjoy the summer in a safe manner. Okay, enough about safety. Sergeant Tramel, if you're listening to this, I hope I did your topic justice. 
Who knows, maybe he'll hook me up with one of those sweet Yeti cups. But anyway, enough about safety. Let's talk about TSP. We all know what it is. We've all heard about it before. But supervisors and commanders, you guys need to make sure that your subordinates know about TSP and know how to sign up, as well as what the benefits are. TSP is an awesome benefit that's afforded to each and every one of you. And from the day that you raise your right hand, that's the day you need to start thinking about your future. Not five years into your career or 10 years into your career, but the day that you enlist or commission. So again, if you haven't already signed up for TSP, I highly recommend it. You can head over to tsp.gov to find out more information. Again, the time to start planning is now if you haven't already done so. Okay, and last but not least, the Airman Development Summit. You've heard Chief Moore talk about it, and you've heard your chain of command talk about it. The Airman Development Summit is an excellent opportunity for you to get to know your fellow airmen and what their jobs are out here at the wing. And across the state, it's not just Bangor, it's Augusta and South Portland as well. Sometimes it feels like we're all locked up in a clamshell where we go to work, we do our job and we go home. And we have no idea what other shops and other career fields are like out here at the base. This is a good opportunity for you to go and listen to those subject matter experts and find out what makes this operation tick. If you want to sign up to go, the dates are October 13 and 14 and you can talk to your supervisor about going. But I highly recommend it. I believe this is the fourth year in a row they've done this. It's a great opportunity for you and your wingmen. But it looks like Mrs. Riddle has just stepped in, so let's bring her over to talk. Terry Riddle, who is the Yellow Ribbon Support Specialist, has stopped by the studio, and she's here to talk to us today about why it's important that our members attend the pre and post Yellow Ribbon ceremonies. Thank you so much for coming in. And why is it important that our maniacs attend these? The Yellow Ribbon is a program that's mandated by Congress. Um, so it is mandatory. It is a program to prepare airmen and their families prior to our deployment and then reintegrate them back into their families when they return. And then they'll have one more post. So it's a pre, a post one, and a post two. The post two is just to make sure that everybody who has benefits that are getting ready to expire, that they know what to do on the next step. Um, it's more so to make sure that families have all the outreach resources that they need during these deployments. Um, I, for one, have been through, I think, five deployments with my husband. Each one brought a different scenario to where I could relate some of the things that they were telling us to our family. Um, when you've got kids at home, it's hard for the kids, not only for me, but for the kids as well. So the Yellow Ribbon was there to give me resources if I was having issues with them going to school, if I was having issues with them having problems with dealing with their dad gone. If I didn't have that, I wouldn't know what to do. So it's very important that the airmen and their families attend these events, if not for just their family's sake. I had made the comment the other day that it's not only for the airmen, but for their families and anybody who supports them in a mission. Plus they can take that information back and have that information if an airman is in need. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I just heard about this resource let me give you their number. It affects everybody that you deal with on a daily basis. And so, like you said, it's it's not just about 
the service member who's deploying. It's also about the family. So what can you say about the service members that say aren't married or, or don't have kids? Like, why is it important for them to go? It's very important because they're single. So they don't have that automatic support system. They don't have that wife or husband at home taking care of the bills, the, the family and everything else. It's just them. So who's going to watch their mail when they come home, you know, while they're gone? Who's going to keep up their bills while they're gone? Um, so this gives you the resources to tell you how to deal with that, how to, you know, discontinue your credit cards or how to have someone be, be in charge of getting your mail for you and making sure that there's nothing important in there or just how to deal in life in general, especially on the reintegration part. You know, deployments are hard. They're hard for the airmen and their families. So if you're single and you come home to nothing or nobody, how do you deal? You're going to deal with it differently. Or frozen pipes in your house. Exactly. Exactly. So it's more of a family affair. You know, okay, well, you're by yourself, but you have a whole airman family. It gives you the skills to deal with those on a regular basis. That's awesome. And, and, and the thing is, too, I think that some of the people that maybe skipping out on on these events that they, they don't understand the full capacity like they don't see, they don't see it in the way that you're explaining it they may see it more of like oh well i know what i'm doing and and that stubbornness behind and i and i get that but the fact of the matter is it's still mandatory it's no different than if you come into work on a drill weekend or whenever and your commander tells you to do something you have to right. do it so. you have to do it and we're trying to make it more interactive we're trying like this last one we had a resiliency speaker come up um, from Massachusetts, and he was amazing. And the airmen seemed to really relate to his side of it, to his stories and what he went through and how he overcame some obstacles. Um, you can say you can go to deployment and come back and nothing's changed, but it has. You know, the mentality is there. If you're gone for a year, your sole job is to make sure the mission is done. You're not to worry about your taxes. You're not to worry about your household. You're not to worry about, you know, if your kids are doing your homework or, you know, if the cars need to be taken care of. Your mission is to go to work and come home. So if you do that for a period of time and then all of a sudden you're thrown back into the mainstream, that messes with you. Yeah. And, and we give the spouses the uh, resources to go ahead and say, look, you know, when your spouse comes home, they may go around the perimeter 10, 20 times before they go to bed, but it's okay. It's nothing to be alarmed at. Just They're just reintegrating into society. I remember my husband came home the first time and I was like, you've been gone for a year. I'm out. Here's kids. Here's the house. <laughs> I'm going on vacation. That's awesome. And that was the worst thing you can do because that just turns them into a whole tailspin. But I didn't know that. So when I went to the Yellow Ribbon event and they explained us that this is how this happens and this is what you can do and here's the resources you can do it with. It was a whole lot easier. It's a huge emotional factor on itself. So when you come home, it's a big change for everybody. And that is that is what these events are all about, is giving them the resources, both the families and the service members, the resources to um, to deal with changes like that. Or if you need to seek help, or if right. you need help while you're gone, or, or any of that stuff. So it's not to be a pain in the butt. No, I try not in. to be. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and I think that's what some people may think, you know, like we said earlier, uh, besides the fact that it's something that's mandatory. The people who run these organizations and run these events genuinely want to help. It's not to be a pain in the butt. No. And I'm, and I'm open to suggestions. If you have a suggestion on how you would like uh, the Yellow Ribbon to go or what speakers or what classes you would like, I'm all ears. You know, I'm doing this for you guys. 
I'm doing this to make sure that all these airmen have every resource and outreach person that they can get. So if you have suggestions, please tell me. You know, I'm all open. You guys could always play games like uh, Mother May I or Duck, Duck, Goose. <laughs> exactly, uh, Simon says. <laughs> right. Simon says sit down. <laughs> right, exactly. Simon says eat lunch. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Is there anything you wanted to add? I love my job. And I do this for you guys. Been there, done it. I wish I had five rings to prove it. But I don't do this for me. I do it for the airmen and their families. So if I can help make that transition a little smoother, that's what I enjoy. I get really emotional about this stuff because I've seen a lot of changes and I've seen how families have um, separated for little things that may seem like a lot. But if you come to the Yellow Ribbons, we can introduce you to the resources, the outreach services that are just in this main area that can help you guys. And it's free. You've got financial planners that are at your touch. You've got legal at your touch. You know, people pay millions of dollars for stuff like this. And this is free for you guys. You guys offer lunch too, right? We do offer lunch. So there is such thing as a free lunch. There is a free lunch. Just we're putting that on record. <laughs> so anyway, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. And here we go again with another Maniac Fact. Today's Maniac Fact is brought to you by the 101st Fuel Specialists, where their job is dispensing aircraft energy. Even with all of our advanced technology, our aircraft simply cannot operate without fuel. It is the job of fuel specialists to manage every aspect of the refueling of every aircraft on the flight line. More than handling jet fuel, these professionals are also responsible for operating the vehicles, equipment, and storage facilities that are essential to the refueling operation while also ensuring the compliance of all safety regulations while handling these volatile liquids. For more information on how you can become a 101st fuel specialist, contact the 101st recruiter. And here's your maniac fact. If you listened to our last podcast, we interviewed Senior Master Sergeant Rogerson, who talked to us about a recent local survival course that our aviators went through, where he was the instructor. He talked about the importance of the survival course, as well as its contents, without going into too much detail. So let's rewind back to the 1950s and open up a standard aviator survival kit that our flyboys were issued back in the day. By the way, if you'd like a visual reference of the contents I'm about to describe, you can head over to our Instagram page by searching 101STARW Instagram, where you'll find a recent photo I uploaded showing you exactly what came standard in these kits. If you like history and you like the military, go check it out. It's pretty cool stuff. So what came standard was a waterproof match case with a compass, fire starter tabs, a pocket knife, oiler, a whistle, razor, and razor blades, a first aid kit, a fishing kit that contained treble hooks, 50 feet of fishing line, and an inflatable bass fishing boat. Okay, that last part's not true, but that would be pretty cool if it did. The kit also contained a signaling mirror, an emergency parachute ration, which on average contained about 3,500 calories per ration, a sharpening stone, five minute signaling flares, leather gloves, a survival manual, a mosquito head net, so if you went down in the state of Maine, you would definitely need that, folding sun goggles, a three-pint water bladder, gauze bandages, a miniature shotgun with 20 shells, a hacksaw, you know, in case you want to build a cabin, start a family, never get rescued, 
After recently speaking with one of our aviators, he told me that the kit from 70 years ago hasn't changed much, but it has changed some. But maybe we can get him in here some time to talk about that. So that's it. Pretty cool fact about our Maniac aviators that you may or may not have known already. Again, if you want to check out that photo with a complete layout of that survival kit, search 101STARW Instagram, and it should be the first link that pops up. Click that and check out the photo. Okay, and just like your bank account, if you decide to drive home drunk, there's nothing left in this episode. I'm your host, Tech Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st Public Affairs Office here in Bangor. I hope everybody has been enjoying their summer and continues to enjoy their summer, but please remember to wear your life jacket. And if anybody in your boat is under the age of 10, be sure they keep their life jacket on at all times. Don't forget to talk to your supervisor if you want to attend the Airman Development Summit in October. Again, I highly recommend it. I already mentioned our Instagram page, but we do have a Facebook as well. So if you search 101STARW on Facebook, you can head over to our page page and check out daily content. You can also check out the official Vice Wing Commander's Instagram and Facebook pages by searching cv.101arw. He offers a fresh perspective of a day in the life of a maniac. So go check out his photos and videos. But that's all I've got. Until next time, so long.